Welcome to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys, man. Listen, last week we talked about Jesus. He took the, our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. And Jesus heals. He healed because he had compassion on the people. We talked about that. And, and Luke also it talks about it. Luke chapter 7, verse 13. But our physical infirmities are ultimately the result of the fall with its impact on our lives through the curse that was in Genesis and Jesus took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses by suffering and dying for our sins on the cross amazing man last week was amazing we're in chapter 9 now where we talked about the paralytic uh, person that was forgiven and how Jesus got into the boat and he crossed over and he came to his own city Remember, we talked about his own city when nobody would be, really believe. You know, I talked about how, you know, a prophet's not even uh, recognized in his own town, but he's more than a prophet. Jesus was. He's our God. He's our Father. He's our, our everything. Listen. Oh, wow. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for this message. Now we ask, Holy Spirit, that you come, Lord, and enable us for this message today in your name jesus amen listen i'm excited because you know these mess this these words are real these this message of hope is real the bible is real and no matter what you're going through god can take our infirmities he can bore bear our sickness he took our sicknesses you know, it's, it's, it's radical because, you know, we're sick before we have Jesus. We're mentally sick. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, you're not a doctor. You're not a psychologist. We are lost, meaning mentally sick. Without Christ, we have no hope. We have no future. We have no, no, no. Our plans are, are not, they're worldly. And you may be thinking, I don't understand what you're talking about. And neither did I. It's when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we accept Jesus in our lives. And this, this chapter describes the miracles that God did for us physically. He's saying, look, I have the power to eternity. I can just poof, make you walk. I can poof. Make you speak, make you see, make you hear. I can heal the sick. Last time, last week we talked about the hospital I worked in where Jesus was healing people through doctors. And it's amazing because Luke was a physician. Not much is known about Luke, but he was a physician. And so we see the physical, right, healings. But what about the spiritually healings? And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today, the spiritual healing of Jesus Christ. He got into the boat, verse 1, chapter 9, and he crossed over and he got, he got into his own city. Then behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on the bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once, at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, this man is blasphemy because only God can heal. Listen, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why, don't, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk? Listen to this, verse 6. 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. We talked about last week how the man that was sick in the ancient Hebrew culture, it was, uh, you know, a sin. It, they tried to say that if you were a, if you were paralyzed or you had a, a physical uh, imperity, well, that you were cursed. And so Jesus said, you know, and I'm going to heal this curse. There is no curse. No, there's no curse. It's, it's, it's my love has fulfilled the law of the Old Testament. And so therefore, you cannot work your way through the Old Testament. It goes with the New Testament. It correlates with that. And Jesus healed that person because he removed that curse of that ancient you know, that curse saying that that's, that was that, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to take that. You don't got to worry about that. And listen to this. And so he said, which is easier, you know, to, to forgive your sins. Then he, then he said to the paralytic arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he rose and he departed to his house. Listen to this. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled like, wow, they were glory. And they glorified God who had given such power to men. Listen to this. As Jesus passed, verse 9, down from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now, something about the tax, (laughs) the tax office. What you don't realize is back then, back then, they they would tax the heck out of people and they would they would take some of the taxes for themselves and everyone knew it but they really couldn't prove it so they would they would they would they would they wouldn't like them they were like the evilest hated people on earth anything that the jews would sell or anybody the merchandise that were transported on the road matthew matthew basically he probably worked for herod antipius okay antipius uh, it's the Tetrarch of Galilee, okay? So these tax collectors were considered traitors by the Jews. <laughs> they were despised because they generally collected more than, than they, you know, than they should have. And they did pocket the, the rest. But they, they helped themselves to everything with, when it came to that end of it. And so they didn't really, they weren't really liked. <laughs> so listen to this. But Jesus passed from there and he saw that he saw Matthew and then, and so he followed him now you may be thinking and they were probably thinking oh no now he's got a tax collector uh-oh and then in today's world you're thinking uh-oh am i going to go to church and get taxed when the bucket be, is being passed no those are tithings and yes you, you should pay them and no, I'm not going to use Malachi 3 where you rob God for his tithing and money. You know, there's certain churches that teach that. Uh, you know, Malachi 3, they hit it so hard that if you don't pay your tithing, you're going to go to hell. And that's such Pharisee, heresy lies. It's such a lie. Listen, God doesn't, God wants you to pay your tithings, but he loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want somebody to you know, have to work their way and, t- and pay the tithings and the money and the taxes. He, you know, churches weren't designed for money. They were designed to spread God's love and mercy and heal people spiritually. And this is what I want to talk about. This is the radical spiritual healing 
that Paul got when he was on the road to Damascus. I'm not going to get through this chapter today, probably. (laughs) But listen, we're going to try. And now verse 10 says, uh, because Jesus is getting ready to eat with the sinners, all the bad people. Us, we were sinners and still are. Now what happened is Jesus sat at the table in the house. Listen to this. I'm excited because (laughs) I love going to neighborhoods that are crazy. (laughs) Because I know God can take a person in a crazy psycho neighborhood that's feared among nations or whatever it may be and use that one person for his glory or prison. Paul went to prison because he he was there chained. And I talked about that in the whole book of Acts. He was chained by a guard and he was he, he seen the hardship and the suffering because during the suffering and the trials and tribulations, that's when we can draw closer to Jesus because that's where God shows us. Listen, it, it wasn't until Paul the Apostle Saul, Saul of Tarsus was, and some people call me Paul because I get excited and I go everywhere, man. Listen, We'll get into that later, but it says in verse 10, Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him. Okay, they sat down with him and his disciples. Okay, and then when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? (laughs) If I was there, I'd said, man, you sit down and relax, man. You're a sinner too. (laughs) But verse 12 says, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a, phys- of a physician. But those who are sick, listen to this, those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire, listen to this, Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Okay, this is this is what Jesus does. He calls us. We don't call him. He calls us and he and he and he blesses us. Listen to this. He calls us. Listen, man. God called uh, God called Paul, okay? Paul the apostle was psycho. Man, he was he was he was a Hellenistic Jew, meaning he was born outside of Israel. He was a, a Jewish believer, okay? And he was born outside as he was a Jew, but he was born in Rome, okay? Possibly, you know, and so he got Roman citizenship and he basically made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He became hardcore Judaism. He joined the Sanhedrin and he, he basically, uh, you know, Went at it, man. He was hardcore. He had the he 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 studied under 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 Gamaliel. Gamaliel was our our rabbi, our big 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 rabbi. He had it all, man. He was smart. He, you know, Gamaliel was a, a big time rabbi. He was he knew the law, the halacha. He knew the Torah, and and Paul the apostle. It was Saul of Tarsus, actually, and he actually Saul was a psycho, you know, redhead Jew. Red hair face, shiny red hair, short and statue, messed up legs. And he would, you know, he, had, he was basically a persecutor for the member, of the, for the Sanhedrin. He was, a, he was, he was the Judaizing, he was the Judaism 
king. He knew the Torah. He knew it well. He, he, he was hardcore for Judaism. And he couldn't stand believers. He called us the way because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the light. And so no man comes through the Father, but through me, Jesus said. And so Paul had a problem with that. Now it was an attack on Judaism. It was an attack on him. He was angry. He was upset. And so when, when believers came to the Jews, he was so upset that he was saying, what are you trying to convert the Jews for? He was so upset when the Israelis, not Israelis, but when the Jews came to Jerusalem to make their yearly, annually pilgrimage from all parts of the world. This temple that Paul saw from Tarshish was in, the Gentiles came, the way, the Messianics, the believers, the Messianic Jews came and was teaching people about Jesus. He was mad, very mad. And he was angry. And the Bible doesn't say this, but he probably had a wife. Because in Acts chapter nine, I want you to get your Bibles and listen to this. Actually, in Acts chapter 8, and we're going to get into 9, but Saul was, was, was consenting to, to his death. Listen, at the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. Listen, and they were all scattered throughout the regions. And prior to that, they, they refused the Holy Spirit. See, that's what made God kind of tripped out. They, the Israel resisted the Holy Spirit. He said, you, you stiff-necked. And uncircumcised in heart, ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you, which the prophets did your fathers not persecute. So listen to this. Stephen then was martyred and Paul was there. And and Paul is, that's when Stephen was martyred in Acts chapter 7. And that's when they heard these things. They were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he being full, he being, but he being full of the Holy Spirit, Gazed into heaven, Stephen. They call him Stephen or Stephen. I call him Stephen. And he saw the glory of God. They killed Stephen because he was a believer of Christ. Jesus was inside of Stephen. He was the martyrer. Listen. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He cried out when they stoned him to death. With a loud voice, stopped their ears, and he ran to him and, and, and with one accord, and they casted him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with the sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Listen, Saul goes on to, in chapter eight of Acts, to persecute. But something happened to Saul that day. Listen, it says all scattered throughout the regions of Judea. Listen to this. God doesn't do anything for no reason. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judah, Judea, and, and Samaria, except the apostles and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. As for Saul, verse 3, it says, he made havoc, havoc 
of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And so they bailed, they left. They, the, because of the persecution, they, you know, they went to different cities. You're thinking, what does this have to do with healing? I'm going to show you. This, they, they went to Ethiopia. And Christ was preached over there. They went to everywhere, man. And then that's when Saul was on the road to Damascus. He was so mad. He was still, verse 1 says of chapter 9 of, of, of Acts. It says, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and, and, asked, and he asked for the letters. He wanted the letters. He wanted uh, permission, okay, from him. To the synagogues of Damascus. Man, he went all the way to Damascus. So that if he, he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to, for Jerusalem to try him. So as he journeyed, listen, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shrouded around him, man, from heavens. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. In Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach. Who are you, who you are persecuting? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go to the city. You will be told what you must do. That's where the adversity happened. And then men, listen to this, verse seven says, and then the men journeyed, journeyed with him, stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand, because God blinded him. And he brought him to Damascus, and he, and he was three days without sight. And he, he didn't even eat or drink. And that's the adversity that God allowed him to have, because, because God, because Saul was persecuting the church, the body of Christ. And so Stephen, all that added up to Stephen in his final speech, the spread of the gospel. And so, and the extraordinary response of believers to the gospel were like goads to Saul. But Saul in his fury continued to resist such prompting from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit got him. And, he, and when he got him, he was healed. And this is what I'm talking about. It's a spiritual healing. And that's why Paul ended up writing one third of the Bible. Something like 13 something books. Then Jesus Christ gave Paul a radical gift, which he's given all of us this gift. It's the Holy Spirit. But we don't need to Prostalize the Holy Spirit. It's free. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is free. It's so beautiful, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so beautiful that it possesses such power and love and mercy. And it's one of the radical characteristics of God. And Jesus is so beautiful and so awesome that he's now restoring people's sight. He's restoring people's life in this book. He restored Paul for bigger and greater things. Paul was cast at the mall to the island. Remember when I talked about that in Acts, in the book of Acts? Listen. And so here he is 
eating with the sinners. And now he's over here in verse 13, verse 12. And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but the, but the sinners to repentance. Listen. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast? Here they're learning what's going on. And so Jesus here is talking, listen to this. He says, then the disciples of John, verse 14, Matthew chapter nine, he says, came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk clothes on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and, they, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wines into new wineskins and both are preserved. This is radical, man. Jesus is picturing of a marriage. And men out there that, that, that are married to your woman, don't leave her because of her mistakes. Forgive her and learn to love. Stay bonded into the Lord. Stay married to Christ. We make mistakes. Don't quit on your marriage. God never quit on you. Listen, the picture of marriage here is illustrated as God's relationship with Israel. Isaiah 54 talks about it. Jeremiah 3 talks about it. Hosea chapter 2 talks about it. It's in referring to himself as the bridegroom. Jesus was describing himself as the Messiah, the Mashiach, and he will be taken away from them. It, it, this, is the, <clears throat> this was the violent death the Lord would experience on the cross. He's re getting ready to die for them on the cross because he loves them. He loves us all and he still loves Israel. Israel will never be forgotten. Israel will never be forgotten because God has a special plan for, for Israel. It's amazing. Jesus wanted his disciples uh, to understand that he's in love with them. Okay? There's so much to talk about with this. But the biggest thing to talk about is the spiritual healing that comes from Christ. There's a physical healing alone, but it's a spiritual healing is when the physical healing begins. It, I mean, spiritual is understanding that the Holy Spirit, the harvest, the Holy Spirit can, not the harvest, but the Holy Spirit can work in us because the uh, Lord wants to fix us spiritually. So we don't go to church and barf out our problems on others. It happens. People get hurt at church. They don't know what to do. I went to a Bible study and this guy hurt me. He said this about me. 
I don't know what to do. This 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 lady, she's so jealous of me because I'm pretty. But she her appearance isn't so great. So what? It doesn't matter what you look like or what you wear or what you drive. Jesus says, come to me, all you who thirst. Come to me. Lay your burdens be- on my feet. Stop with the double talk and, the, and, the, and stop it. Come to me. Marry me. Will you marry me? Come and enjoy my love for you. Listen, Jesus is saying, let me fix you. Let me show you. Let me restore your life. And let me take your life and give you new wineskins, man. Let me put you on the new and preserve you. Jesus says, we're the salt, man, of the world. But if the salt loses flavor, flavor, what happens? Nobody can see Christ in us anymore. And we begin to become our old selves. Jesus is eating with the tax collectors. He's eating with the hardcore people. And God now has restored even Paul. God took Paul, who was so full of hate and bitterness and and evil and murderous. He was a murderer. And he restored him. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's showing his power. How he can restore you. Physically and spiritually. And not everybody gets healed physically. I get it. Listen, I get it. But it's the sufferings that we go through in this life. That that produces fruit. And you may be thinking, how can that happen? How can I suffer? Why do I have to suffer? Because God says that's when you start to see. How much love there is out there but it's up to you you may be going through it but God says stand up and don't quit don't quit you got kicked on the ground who cares get back up dust your feet off forgive that person and stay away but love them from a distance and pray for them don't worry about it give them to Jesus lay it at the cross we can't handle it it's not ours believers listen to me non-believers you need to listen to me are you you God loves you too, but you can come to him. He can restore your sight so you can see. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. And so we see this. We see the, the, the patches pulling away from the garment and the tears is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in the old wine skins or else the wine skins break. Verse 18 says, while he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, my daughter had just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did the disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only... I may touch his garment. I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. He already knew. And see, and the woman was made well from that hour. Look it. Look it. You don't got to worry, man. God has you covered. God has your back. If you're in the army, he has your six. Listen, God is in love with you. And he will never leave you. 
He will never leave you nor forsake you. You may be in a hospital gurney right now, a hospital bed thinking, I'm done listening to this sermon right now saying, there's no way out. I've gone too far. No, stop it. Jesus says it's never too far. It's never too late to enjoy the love and mercy of his radical life. Man, get on the ship. Dude, get on board. Like Paul. Paul got on the ship. He went to Malta to sail. The prisoners thought they were going to die. But Paul said, you're not going to die. You're going to go do some time, but you ain't going to do it here. Listen, man. (laughs) He got bit by a venomous snake. And no, don't play with snakes, listeners. They'll bite you and kill you. Don't play with snakes. I'm just saying, for that time, God showed his power to the people in Malta. Jesus Christ is in love with you. Paul was radically, spiritually changed. And so can you. That's why we have the Lord so can you. Do you want to be changed? Pray this with me right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and change me. I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I've fallen short. I did drugs last night or alcohol or whatever it may be, Lord. Please forgive me. I, 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 I'm a sinner. I messed up bad. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I want you to come inside of me now, Lord, and live inside of me. Lord Jesus, I confess that you're my Savior. You died on the cross for my sin. You, you rose on the third day and you gave me life. Lord, I want you to come into my heart. Please, Lord, forgive me of my sins in Jesus' name. If you did that and you recognize Jesus, you're going to heaven. And there's nothing that no man can take from you or no woman. Jesus says that he's taken your sins and he's buried them at the bottom of the abyss. And he'll never throw them back in your face. Because Romans chapter 1 says, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You don't got to worry because you don't have to be condemned anymore. Jesus will just convict you when you're wrong and you need to read your word and go find a Bible teaching church. God bless you guys. Listen, man, next week we're going to get into it. We're going to get into how life is restored with that girl, how sight's restored. And we're going to get into the delegation, the need of delegation of power, man. And we are going to show how the 12 apostles are instructed, man. I'm excited. (laughs) God bless you guys, man. And thank you for logging on to Growing in His Word, man.